Have you ever seen those dental offices that are ruled by just a handful of patients? Yeah, we begin our very sensitive podcast, you know, the one that we're going to be looking at internally. (laughs) We begin it right there. Welcome all of these fantastic dental podcast listeners to the My Practice My Business Dental Podcast Show, where we help dentists profit and thrive with excerpts from the clinical business of dentistry training here at My Practice My Business. We'll be addressing and answering questions with current trends dentists and their teams face each and every day in their pursuit of this wonderful career we call dentistry. And now the host of our show, the clinical director and president at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Oh, for, for the love of all that is holy, grow some backbone, my dental friends. Enough's enough. <laughs> we need to put this to bed and stop it now. If I had a dollar, if I had a dollar for every time I heard a front office team member tell me a story about how the doc gives away services because a patient complained to them or or the they complained to the insurance company or no both <laughs> I'd be going to Hawaii every year if I had a dollar. Well, all of you who fall into this category probably uh you probably bought your kids Oompa Loompas and brand new cars at 16 and and have very little money saved for retirement. Am I hitting a nerve already? Good, I hope so. This podcast is for you. It's going to resonate in your brain all day long. It's going to wake you up in the middle of the night, and it's going to cause you to, to ask for forgiveness from your dental team members in your office who make fun of you behind your back every single time you do this. Oh my gosh. Every time we talk about this in our training, it's just funny to watch team members throw their docs under the bus all the time. Well, allow me to give you some of my favorite scenarios and then uh, give you one big solution at the end. Scenario one, the hootie tootie patient comes in for an exam and a cleaning and we categorize these people into two types, by the way. Yes, I profile. I am a private investigator. That's what I'm trained to do. Okay. So first, the first one has a call sign of what we call uh, Hotel Mike Mike, and that stands for High Maintenance Man. The second one has a call sign of Hotel Mike Whiskey, which stands for High Maintenance Woman. You guessed it. And as you can see, uh, the hootie tootie patient is no respecter of sex, race, religion. You get the picture. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Okay, and then the dentist does an exam on this patient and calls out some work to be done because, after all, they have, they have perfect, imperfect hygiene <laughs> because they are perfect. And the doc asks the patient if, if they're flossing every day, and, of course, the answer is always, oh, I floss at least four or five times a day doctor. And of course, that explains the uh, four areas of decay, one needing root canal therapy and a crown. Yeah. Um, if only you had flossed five times a day, or maybe as, as they suggest in state, flossing probably caused the decay, Dr. Rob. Therefore, it's your fault. I have decay. <laughs> we all have those patients, right? So you exchange some friendly conversation with your patient. You tell them what they need and why. And And then you let them know the the front office team members will print out a treatment plan with the costs to do the needed procedures. And and you get them scheduled and to bring back their oral health care, back up to full health. That's what we want to do. We want to keep them healthy. And then the patient walks up to the front 
impatiently waits for all the documents to be printed out and finally gets asked to the to the counter to go over the finances after a, maybe a whole two minutes has passed by in their life. Your dental team member presents the treatment plan and tells the patient the associated costs of your diagnosed treatment, and then it happens. Right there at this moment, the high-maintenance patient gives the look, you know, the look to your team member and asks to speak to the doctor. Can I speak with the doctor, please? (laughs) Phrases emerge from the patient such as, The doctor and I go way back, and we've been friends forever. (laughs) He or she is close to the family. We go to church together. He or she is married to my second cousin, twice removed, albeit it was my second cousin. And if I may quote, it quote, quote, (laughs) if I can quote the king and I, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) Anyway, so your team member goes and, and gets the doc, and the doc comes out to the front, and they... And they, the patient, look at you, the doc, with those big sad eyes like that one guy looks at Rapunzel with and almost teary eyes and says, I can't afford this. Or can you help me out? Can I make payments? I can make $20 a month payments. That's, that's all I can afford because my dog has cataracts. My parents just moved in. My car needs a new battery. And doc... You're rich, and I know you can afford to pay for my dental needs, so keep in mind the following observations, profiling, if you will. And again, here I go, you know, criticize me for profiling, but here it comes. Their nails are done, like, very expensively. Their hair color is cut to perfection at the Aveda Salon. Their clothes are from Nordstrom's. Their jewelry costs more than you make in a year. And they have Botox face. Let's not forget about the Botox face. And they just got back from a cruise that they were telling you about. And then they pulled up in their BMW or their new F-150. These are non-judgmental observations, just to make it clear. I, I I would never judge a patient, right? (laughs) What a joke. And what happens? Doc, 9.5 times out of 10, you, my friend, conform to the patient's wishes and you allow the patient to circumnavigate the authority in the front and go direct to you showing the patient and any other patient out in the front who's watching this crap go on that they, the patient, are in charge and, and your team isn't. You just taught the patient that your front office team members cannot have financial authority on presenting treatment. No, no, no. They, they've lost it. It's gone now. And, and collecting for your services, forget that. And doing their jobs as trained, nope, that's gone. And, and that the patient ultimately can dictate any and all financial decisions. That's what you just showed them to do. That's unbelievable. I love, uh, I, I am very for you docs talking finances to the patient. I know a lot of consultants out there would quiver on that. It's really kind of cool because we're starting to see uh, uh, a lot of the docs now um, uh, in the IHC network actually having those conversations with the patient. Both Tracy and I had surgery uh, uh, a year and a half ago or so, and the docs actually talked finances to us. And I think that's really important, you know, that you hit it in the ballpark and then the fine-tuning takes place at the front. It's that I can go into to business detail why that should happen and not what you've been taught for years. But I do love the one phrase this doc said. Uh, he, he said, you know, I, I, he, this is what he tells the patients. 
And so pretend Tracy's up front and he says to the patient, look, I, I promised Tracy that I would never uh, talk finances and insurance if she wouldn't do root canals and crowns. I think that's hilarious. I think that's a great statement. Um, although doc, you should be able to talk finances, but I would say maybe, you know, I've never, I told Tracy, I, I wouldn't be the final say in her job if she didn't do crowns root canals in my job. So that may be, uh, be a better variation of it, but either way, I think both win scenario two. Uh, here we go. We were able to work with an amazing team member to get a higher fee schedule. The individual felt empowered knowing that they helped with getting more money into the practice. Upon hearing the news, though, one of the coworkers said, stated, well, that might not be a good thing. That means the patient will have to pay more out of pocket by us having higher fee reimbursements. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not just the doc. Who's the problem in the practice? It's oftentimes the front office team members or assistants or hygienists or any of you, any of you guys <laughs> who, who does not have formal business training. And that's the problem. If you make a statement like that, it's because you've had no business classes, but you have no business making a statement like that, period. And all of those scenarios I, I'm presenting show one of the main problems and that is business training. Hence the name of our company, My Practice, My Business. Business training, our clinical business of dentistry training, is, it's mission critical for practice profitability and success. That's just the bottom line. Scenario three, you happen to attend one of our intro courses here at My Practice, My Business. You learn how to do basic upgrades on crowns. And side note here, people, our intro courses do not go into detail about all the codes you're missing out on with upgrading a crown or and, and all of the other business principles we teach that make you a ton of new net revenue. But you at least get the principle at the intro course of offering choice with cheap crowns versus really nice ones. Okay, end of side note. Uh, moving on, you take the challenge and you go for an upgrade with your first patient. You just, you try it. You want to see what it's like after going to the intro course. And ta-da, it worked. The patient actually picked the better crown. And they were happy to pay you fairly for the better service. You, you get so excited about your new knowledge we shared with you. The next 10 patients with diagnosed crowns all picked a better product. Nine of them were PPO patients, and the 10th one was actually fee-for-service, which you weren't profitable on anyway. And you just made a profit for the first time on the crown procedure by itself instead of hoping that hygiene was going on at the same time. So you continue doing this, increasing your income, bonusing your dental team, and being able to reduce the stress of making payroll each month, and life is good. You've found a new revenue stream, and then it happens. The one patient who complains to their dental insurance company about how you are supposedly overbilling them for a crown. You get the call from the PPO provider relations specialist and asks, they ask you what you did and you, what, why you charge their client an additional fee. That's what they'll ask. And they accuse you of balance billing, of breaching your contract of you doing something illegal. And some of you who don't know how to push back, which makes the majority of you, 
you know, call us here at My Practice, My Business, and we'll defend you with a three-way call with your lovely insurance company, and we will help you win that battle, even though you're not a client, and then reciprocate by signing up for our training so you don't get into that position again, so you have the knowledge and the correct forms to be able to do it. So anyway, next you get to call your your butthead complaining patient and tell them that they were wrong and that you did everything right, just like we taught you. And, and give them a tracking number if they would like to call their PPO rep back for clarification. It's a great day in the battle of insurance plans. You won. That's what happens. That's how it goes down. But then that pissy patient, that POS patient, decides to write a bad review on your Google page. Oh, my poor feelings are hurt. No one has taught you how to fight back on Google how to fight the bad review that eats at you, and and you hold a staff meeting the next day. And in that meeting, you decide after all that new net revenue, after finally being profitable on procedures, you decide to immediately stop offering choice and charging your patients an additional fee for more expensive all-porcelain crowns because you don't want that whole experience to ever happen again. Back to the status quo you go. No more bonuses because there isn't any more profit in the practice. You begin ordering the super cheap crowns again because that's what all your patients deserve. You simply never want to experience the, the trauma of conducting business in your dental business. You just want to do the status quo of dentistry only. You know, the, the status quo that doesn't cause waves and, and everybody has a kumbaya as you continue to race to the bottom. You cram the schedule, order cheap, you race to the bottom with suppliers and labs, and you enjoy staff turnover because you can't afford to pay them what they're really worth. And one patient, one knee-jerk reaction, and you lose Doc. That's the other one I see all the time. Doc, you just got owned by your patient again, and now all your patients suffer. Your dental team suffers, and now you suffer. But hey, you feel as though you need to pick your suffering pain, right? That suffering pain shouldn't cost you profitability, and it shouldn't dictate the quality of care that you want to deliver to your patients. You can either run your dental practice like a business and be profitable and tell a few patients where to go. Keep in mind how many of your patients were grateful that they were given choice and they were happy to pay for the better products and services and they were referring patients to your practice because they were given choice. But let's not count them. Let's just overlook the large majority of patients who are grateful for quality dentistry. Let's only focus on the one high-maintenance patient that, that is entitled to everything in life, who has you know, been on government subsidies forever, has been given everything that you know, to sustain themselves and, and has no work discipline and let alone morals and value, which leads into the second business choice. You can run your dental practice like, oh, wait. I mean, you can let your patients run your dental practice and love you, doc, for all the free dentistry you provide to them at the expense of you and your dental team. Never let A few patients dictate the delivery of quality dentistry you can provide, and you charge them for that quality. You simply cannot provide quality dentistry on a PPO budget. It does not work. 
That business equation never has. However, the majority of third-party payer contracts do allow you to offer choice and charge for it. Actually, all of them allow you to do that. Once in a while, you find a a, uh, power-hungry dictator within one of the the dental PPO entities. They try to stop you from it. But if you know how to push back, you can win that battle every time. And those that try to control the dentistry you offer, uh, let us teach you how to battle them. And it's easy when you know how to do it. Let's go back to the beginning where I said I would never or back where I said I would give you the one big solution to prevent your patients from running the business of your practice and how you should never let them run it, here it is. Take our dang training. Grow some business cojones. Stop being run by third-party payers. Learn to work with them instead of against them and hating them every day of your career, having nightmares of them taking all your profits. It's not the insurance company's doc. It's you. At my practice, my business, we can change that and make you profitable, profitable with those insured plans. I'm always dumbfounded when I hear dental team members, that includes you, Doc, make this statement. Quote, I hate the reimbursements from dental plans, but I find it difficult to charge my patients more money for a procedure where the insurance company should pay for it. End of quote. Uh, (laughs) news alert, they're never going to pay for more expensive products and services. Quality of dental delivery rests on the shoulders of the patient consumer and should never be paid for by the dentist and his or her team, which seems to be the continual trend, except for our offices that we've trained here at MPMB. Let me help you course correct your thinking right here and now. What would it take for a dental plan to cover more expensive products and services. Think about it. If you thought to yourself the insurance company would need to raise premiums, that is correct. That's what would have to happen. So who will pay for those premium increases, though? The patient consumer, of course. And when reimbursements increase, what else increases? If you thought their out-of-pocket payment would, you're cruising in the righteously correct answers. (laughs) So it goes back to the team member. Uh, yeah, God, we got higher reimbursements, but now the patient's going to have to pay higher out of pocket. That's right, as it should be with anything that we purchase and do. So to capture that upgrade, you have two choices. Either collect it directly from the patient or get a sliver of your increased costs by slightly higher reimbursement rates, which drive up premiums for the pay- that the patient has to pay for, and higher out-of-pocket expenses, which the patient pays for again. Yeah, my vote would be to leave the PPO plans exactly where they are, and you keep the entire upgrade fee, Doc. Don't allow the American Dental Association to create codes for technology. We don't want them to do that. If that happens, that gives the ADA control and the insurance companies control, which uh, are in bed with the ADA. So I don't want that to happen. I literally wrote a big, long letter, both Tracy and I did, to the ADA when they were asking our opinion on that. And I said, no, you leave technology, medications, materials, value-added service between the doctor-patient relationship, just like it says in the PPO contracts. 
Do not try to control it by thinking that you have to own all the codes, ADA, because you don't. You own the codes, the basic codes, great. You leave the rest to us. Well, my friends, put systems in place that never allow your patients to circumnavigate your dental team member's authority. Just don't do it. And always stick up for them. Train them. Rescue them if needed from those from those high-maintenance patients, right? Simply stated, let those team members do their jobs, which should be to help your business with profits and profitability. It's that simple. Keep it simple. Thank you for being with us today. Since 2006, My Practice My Business has been teaching dentists and their teams business skills, dental insurance contractual protocols, and state laws governing how to profitably bill patients fairly for the need-based services they provide. What's more, we guarantee our training, unlike other dental consulting companies in the industry. Simply stated, if you don't increase your net revenue, we don't get paid. We call it dental consulting the way it should be. We believe there's never been a more important time than now for dentists to experience and implement our key methods, knowledge, and business training within their dental practices. To learn more about our guaranteed, no-risk clinical business of dentistry training that is changing dental practices for the better, just go to our website, mypracticemybusiness.com, and surf our pages for additional information about our company and the services we provide. When you're ready, give us a call and get scheduled for the most profitable dental business training that you will ever experience. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call us. Thank you again and have a fantastic day.